0: This is episode 48 of Garner's Greek Mythology. We have listeners from 167 countries, so welcome to everyone, wherever you are. I'm your host, mythologist Patrick Garner. Remember to visit Amazon to check out my books about the gods in the contemporary world. You can also read about them and this podcast at patrickgarnerbooks.com. And yes, I'm actively looking for your support. This podcast has become so popular I could easily earn money with commercial sponsors, but I don't. Instead, I know that those of you who are fascinated by mythology will also be fascinated by books based on the same theme. My novels are all about your favorite Greek gods, so wander over to my book site at patrickgarnerbooks.com. Pick out your favorite book and link over to Amazon to make a purchase. Doing so will help keep this podcast ad-free. I appreciate your support. Now, on with this episode. When you think of the great divinities from the ancient world, do you consider them mythological? Context is important. If we look at them as immortal and as real beings, the tales of Greek gods and goddesses resonate quite differently. Mythological fantasy shifts to reality, and our wildest dreams about this divine line of the human species are no longer a matter of imagination. I'll repeat that. The Greek gods are the divine line of Homo sapiens, what I call Homo divinitus. In a few moments will encounter one of the Olympic goddesses. Try to guess if she's Athene, Artemis, or Aphrodite. Remember that when Greece fell under Roman influence around 150 BC, the mighty Olympic gods accelerated their retreat from day-to-day contact with average citizens. In time, for most Greeks and Romans, the gods became folktales or distant memories. Then, when Christianity began its surge after 350 A.D., the ancient gods largely vanished from sight, but they hardly ceased to be. Imagine yourself far away from any city or town. Perhaps you've driven into the countryside. You've been working too hard. It's time to regroup and catch your breath. There's an unspoiled conservation area you've read about, a a great area to hike in. You park your car and walk 40 to 50 minutes into fairly wild territory. You're delighted not to encounter anyone. Getting away from the crazy bustle of the city is exactly what you need. The quieter, the better you think as you ramble along. Then you hear the sound of water. river? No, it sounds like splashing water. Adding to the mystery, you think you hear voices. You stop along the path, straining to make sense of what you hear. The voices are girls. You look downhill. There, behind a thin line of trees, you see movement. You also see what appears to be a small pond. As you quietly step closer... You can make out five or six young women. They're waist-deep in the water, giggling and splashing each other. (laughs) You smile to yourself, thinking, Bizarre. How did they get here? You see no bicycles or backpacks. They look out of place, yet they appear to belong. The girls are oblivious to you. It's clear they think they're alone. Hesitantly, you step closer. You're certain you're violating their privacy, but increasingly you feel drawn in. Who are these women? Just as you reach the edge of the trees that surround the pool, a tall, red-haired woman appears from nowhere. She stands a few paces away. Her face is fierce, glowing with unmistakable radiance. Her eyes are black. Strangely, she wears a white pleated dress that falls to her ankles. Her dress is tightly cinched at her waist and seems from another time. She raises her arm, warning you not to come closer. You step back, saying, I'm sorry, I was just walking nearby and heard voices. She says nothing. Yet you hear a voice in your head saying, Come no further, no further. Now turn and leave. Suddenly, feeling intense fear, you nod at her silent demand. Your heart races. You bolt uphill to the path, almost on a run. You're there. You think you're safe. Yet, unable to resist, you turn your head back for a final glance. Shocked, you see a different scene. There's a field. Tall grass and scattered flowers. The trees have disappeared. The small pond has disappeared, and the girls and the tall woman have vanished, their silence broken only by birdsong and distant trees. and half days, still puzzling over your strange experience, you return to the parking lot and stand beside your car. A man strolls up and says, Saw your car. Hope I caught you before you went down that path. You say, No, I just returned from a hike. He replies, Oh, well, that's where the goddess lives. We call it sacred land. But I got to warn you some people who hike these woods go missing. He pauses and asks loudly, See anything? You shake your head. No, nothing. If it's so dangerous, why isn't there a sign warning visitors? Wouldn't do any good, he says. We tried that a couple times, but it always disappeared. You respond, If there's a crazy woman in there, why haven't the police cleaned out the place? Well, he says, they looked a couple times and never found a thing. You try to look confident and shrug, saying, Weird. I guess I got lucky. The man shakes his head. Now you know, I sure wouldn't go in there alone. Right, you say getting into your car. What you'd hoped would be a pleasant hike has really only increased your stress. You can't shake your memory of the woman's long red hair. Her voice echoes in your head, come no further. Your car seemingly drives itself, taking you home. Now imagine you've returned home to the city where you live. Four days have passed since you hiked in what that man called sacred land. Ridiculous, you think to yourself. What did he said? That's where the goddess lives. You smile to yourself as you walk into a small coffee shop and sit down. What a crazy old man. There are no goddesses, at least not the kind that used to terrify the Greeks. Yet something weird was going on there. You remember the woman who approached you as you got closer to the pool, you were afraid. Why had you reacted like that? Maybe the girls in that pool have been drinking. They seem far too happy giggling and splashing each other. You shake your head, trying to clear your thoughts. Your waitress brings coffee and scowls as if she's having a bad day. You look around the cafe. It's the same as always. Amanda's working on a laptop. Two women are sitting together at another table. There's a line of people waiting to order coffee. Nothing ever changes. Then you feel someone's presence. You look up. There's a young woman standing beside you. She half smiles and pulls out a chair beside you and sits. Her hair is red and falls like a long wave to her waist. She looks vaguely familiar and you say, Do I know you? Then you know. It's the same woman who stopped you a few days earlier. You feel the identical fear rise in your stomach and you push your chair back. She says, Do you know me? Yes, at least by sight. In shock, you say, You're the woman I saw in the sacred land. That's what the locals call it, she says. You respond, What are you doing here? you mean she says why am i not hiding back in those woods yes you reply who are you she pauses i am called artemis or athene or aphrodite you laugh you know a little bit about mythology and remember that these names are those of greek goddesses artemis was called the huntress athene protected athens and of course Aphrodite specializes in all things related to love. Artemis, Athenae, and Aphrodite, you say. Popular names in Greece, but you can't be all three. She says nothing. Her eyes are black. You continue to speak, saying, What's this about? She smiles, saying, The girls you saw in the pool are nymphs. Nymphs, you ask. What's a nymph? Shaking her head as if you're clueless, she vanishes, dissolving into a thin mist before your eyes. The waitress returns, asking if you want another coffee. You say, did you see the woman sitting here? Her eyes twinkle as if she knows you're a little off, a little different. No, she says, as far as I know, you've been here all alone. going on? A party of girls in a pond, a goddess watching over them all. Sure, we can almost imagine stumbling across something half-magical in the woods. It's far more difficult to imagine Artemis, Athenae, or Aphrodite appearing in person in a town or city. Yet perhaps we're simply oblivious to what's obvious. By obvious, I mean that we'd see them if we simply knew to look. And of course, it would help if we believe these divinities were among us. I've said repeatedly in almost every episode, they're here now. And I do so because Garner's Greek mythology is not really about mythology. Calling the gods a myth is convenient, isn't it? Lumping the divinities into a box we call mythology is safe but I say academics have perpetuated a fraud. My fellow mythologists want to convince you that these beings never existed. My position has always been that the Greek gods and goddesses flourished 2,000 years ago. But when the time was right, they simply took a step sideways and shifted their focus. They became bored with the adulation. They also read between the lines and Could see what was coming. They did what they wanted, not what was expected of them. And they wanted out, after all, as immortals they have all the time in the world. Being worshipped worked for a time. But after almost two thousand years of being Olympic gods, they tired of it and slipped away. Their appearances became erratic. As the years passed, men saw less and less of them. In reality, they had moved on. Zeus disappeared. How? My novels describe what happened to him. He dared to face off with Gaia, and things turned out poorly. Then the Romans crushed Greece and every other power in the Aegean. Within a few decades, they absorbed the great Greek gods and renamed all but Apollo. Did the Romans ask for the gods' permission? No. As conquerors, they assigned each a Latin name and pretended that the Greek gods had always been Roman. The act was breathtaking, but the gods themselves didn't really care. We've looked at all of this in past episodes. I've discussed it at length. The mighty Greek gods didn't suddenly vanish. No, they simply moved on. Now imagine that you're still in that coffee house, trying to make sense of what just happened. You're increasingly impatient. There's got to be an answer to what's going on. Although you return there day after day, the, the young woman never reappears. On Saturday morning, you drive back to the bucolic countryside knowing that you're probably on a fool's errand. Your car seems to know exactly where to go. That's good, because you can hardly think, but you don't need to. The car drives itself. In an hour, the car pulls into the same parking lot. The place is empty. You're somewhat surprised that the old man isn't there. Good, you think, no one to stop me. You get out and smile to yourself. No signs have appeared warning the public of danger, but you know better. Or do you? Perhaps you've imagined it all. Goddesses, nymphs. It's all quite ridiculous. And who was that woman who tracked you down at the cafe? Her eyes were so black and she seemed far too confident. Yet she said nothing that explained a thing. Her comment about nymphs was absurd. You'll get to the bottom of this. That's why you've returned. With increasing irritation, You turn down the path and head into the silent wilderness. Before you've gone a thousand paces, she appears. You see her standing in the trail. She simply nods, then steps in beside you, walking along. You say nothing, thinking you too can play this game. Unlike before, you feel no fear. You're in control. Yes, you're in control. But are you? A strange woman walks beside you. Her face is radiant. Her long red hair is burnished and almost on fire. You pretend there's nothing odd about any of this. You're just there to get answers. Things are going your way. Then turning a corner, you step into a shadowed meadow and stop. The woman points. Yes you see it a large stone altar smoke rising into the heavens kneeling beside the altar are a half a dozen young girls and standing before them is another woman in a beige robe she holds a dove high in one hand a knife in the other the woman looks into the sky and cries out ai without being told you realize you're about to witness an ancient sacrifice. My novels are filled with similar moments. Gods and goddesses in these books are seductive, seditious, and highly dangerous. They maneuver and scheme. They're tricksters and traitors. None of them trust each other they appear and disappear at will. They seek love and answers to the great questions we all seek. We have a lot in common. And of course, we have differences. In addition to their unique powers, they outlive us. Their immortality can be an advantage. It can also be a handicap. How? They have far more years to wonder who they are, to ask their purpose, and to hold grudges. Their memories never fade. Their appearance never changes. Yet, like us, they seek love. They need to belong. Until now, their new stories have gone untold. Scholars insist these glorious beings are imaginary. Don't believe it. Instead, join me for the next episode of Garner's Greek Mythology. We'll discuss Tai Chi, the Greek goddess of change. Some know her by her Roman name, Fortuna. In the meantime, visit patrickgarnerbooks.com. By the way, these episodes are also available on YouTube. Find them under Garner's Greek Pathology. And before we close, there's another book I'd like to share. This one captivates the younger set. It's called... Read Aloud Stories for Young Listeners by D.K. Garner. There are no Greek gods involved, but the five gentle stories offer young children tales of animals that talk with them at the moment they need a little help. If you have brothers, sisters, grandchildren, or friends with kids, this book will be an instant hit. In fact, I just heard from a fan who said She read one story to her four-year-old grandson and seven-year-old granddaughter. They had been impatiently waiting to go trick-or-treating, and the kids got so involved in the stories, they insisted on hearing the rest of them before going out. This little book is on Amazon. You can also read about it at patrickarnerbooks.com. Again, it's called Read Aloud Stories for Young Listeners. For those of you who like to listen, you can get my audiobook, Homo Divinitus, on Audible. Thanks for listening. This is your host, Patrick Garner.